0: It is roundtable time, May 4th, 2022. May the 4th, 2022. Norm here. Brett couldn't make it. Playing hooky again over at Circle 270 Media. Signing up all those podcasts that are pouring into the studio here, I suppose. Um, But uh, we skipped last week. I got tied up on some business. You know, Norm, it turns out we have real jobs.
1: (laughs) We do, (laughs) Obi-Wan. It's it's unfortunate.
0: (laughs) I would much rather sit here and comment on stuff. Mmm, <laughs> mm. smart we are. Real jobs you have, <laughs> but uh, that that just means we have all the more to talk about. So let's get right at it. I mean, I can't do anything other than start with Roe v. Wade and this opinion that was leaked out of Politico. Yeah, right. I mean, wow.
1: Yeah, um somebody should go to jail. You know, if a cow pees on the range up in Montana and a duck lands in the pea they call it a wetland. There's a law for everything in this country. And unbelievably enough, there doesn't appear to be a law that proscribes a clerk, which is an attorney at the Supreme Court level, they're not law school students, a clerk from disgorging, uh, stealing a draft opinion and uh, and, and giving it uh, to, a, to an, a non-concerned, meaning a non-authorized party. I, it, unbelievably enough... Once again, the swamp doesn't have laws to in any way regulate the swamp. You know, they're free to do anything. So this was all based on that old boy kind of thing of honor and discipline and, you know, with the, the solemnity of the court and all that bullshit. And it turns out that a partisan, uh, almost absolutely a leftist uh, who wants um, a road to to stay in force. Uh, It released this to create this controversy. And um, I can conclude that because Schumer, Pelosi, Biden, the gang... None of them have said a damn thing about how wrong it was that this leak took place.
0: Well, I, I agree with you. Now, what I don't agree, there may be a law that prohibits this, obstruction of official business, um, you know, there's some sort of obstruction of process. There's going to be some crime that could fit the, or some uh, offense well, that know, could man. fit the conduct here.
1: I don't know. I heard Dershowitz talking about it. And yeah, he uh, not know
0: anything. We're here at Lawyer Talk. We're smarter than Dershowitz. Yeah, right. Dershowitz, uh, Smircevitz.
1: Yeah, Taught at Harvard for forty years, and now he had to become a real lawyer.
0: Well, right. Well, you know, he taught now. Now he's like he was. He was far left. Now he's now he's considered like a super far right wing. Uh, right, who still votes, Jewish, for, who still right, votes for all the Jew. Democrats? Right, right. <laughs> right. But uh, no, I think there is a crime. I think there's, a, if nothing else, in state law, there would be like an obstruction of official business, and uh, there, there's probably something. But you're right; the sanctity of the Supreme Court only works as an independent governing body if the rules, if it operates independently. And and here, what they, what this person, at least on the face of it, seems to have done. And before I go here, let me just say this. I always try to reserve my opinions, my thoughts, as nothing more than speculation and reason and, and possibilities until I know for sure. So I'm going to reserve uh, my final conclusions on it until the evidence comes out. But it does seem that an individual, probably a clerk at the for one of the judges in the U.S. Supreme Court, and that is, like you said, Norm, these are lawyers, and this is a very prestigious job as an attorney, by the way. Like the clerks at the U.S. Supreme Court level end up at the highest of the high. Uh, of the profession, you know, they, oh, yeah. they go to the most prestigious law firms. From of, there,
1: often later become judge justices themselves. Yeah, become federal
0: judges and/or Supreme Court justices themselves. I mean, this is a right. this is not like some law clerk from no. like Capital University Law School working at no. the no. summer at some law firm. This is a full blown, high prestige job, right? That that really is a is, is 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 elite as it gets in the profession, right? And I don't know what oath they take or what promises they make, or what documents they sign when you become a law clerk. But I would almost bet my salary that it addresses this scenario. You're not allowed to, everything that happens here is confidential, you're not allowed to leak this stuff, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, but I've I,
1: heard I've heard past clerks uh, in interviews recently talk about the lectures that they received from Rehnquist and Scalia, et cetera, yeah. uh, basically saying, I will destroy you professionally. So apparently that is... That's the sanction, uh, is is uh, that I'll destroy you professionally, uh, I'll seek your disbarment, you'll you'll never practice a day of law, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm like, okay, well, uh, you tell some rancher in Montana that he's got a wetland because a duck, you know, landed in his cow piss, uh, you got a law on that. You got a law on everything, but you don't have a law constraining people from disgorging this stuff. I mean, a specific law, Steve, at the Supreme Court, like a beheading or drawn yeah. and quartered, you know? Well,
0: and let's talk about why we, you and I both feel strongly about this, because it may not be obvious. And, and, and I'm not saying that to talk down on anybody, but it's like, here's the deal. The U.S. Supreme Court's job is to review the constitutionality of various laws enacted by the federal government and state governments and local governments. Right. And in order to do that, the idea of the U.S. Supreme Court has always been this sort of the sanctity of it has been protected as an independent body performing judicial review, going all the way back to Marbury versus Madison. Now we can debate whether that should have happened or not, but it's happened. Um, so the idea is they have independent authority to strike down unconstitutional laws. They should not be influenced by politics. They sh- this is not a third branch of, or a, a sorry, third how, or third part of Congress, right? It's not a legislative branch. that Well, it's become that, but it
1: shouldn't have been, and it it is not. It's instored that. That in the founder's intentions, the thing that is also at work here, Steve, besides, uh, your, your very, um, precise mechanical description there is that this, I believe this was either argued or it was discussed amongst the justices back in, I think, February of this year. And this decision isn't scheduled to be uh, released or wasn't scheduled to be released until later on this year. Probably, you know, late summer, midsummer, maybe even the fall. So.
0: Well, we'll get to that.
1: Yeah, this was being shipped around yeah, amongst do, the justices.
0: Let, let me, yeah, we'll get to that. Let me finish my thought, though, on this other thing, though, is that when a when leak like this happens, what it does is it exposes the process the review process to outside pressure
1: while it's going on while it's going on. Right.
0: And if you think about this, put it in like a local context. If I'm in a trial and, um, now the jury, the status of their deliberations becomes public. Yeah. And their identities are public. Yeah. yeah, And subject to the hue and cry of the mob. Yeah. Nobody, Or or
1: maybe even the assassination of the mob. Yes. Like you got John Gotti on trial And some juror calls her husband and says, Hey, you know, we can make a little we can make a little jack here. Yeah. Call the New York Post
0: and tell them what's going on. And it is no different here. Nobody would think for a split second, a fragment of a second, that it would be fair for the status of a juror's deliberations to be exposed to the public. In advance, yeah, it is no less true here. It is no less true in any of this. And what you and what you're talking about, Norman, we, we, it, this segues right into what you're what you're bringing up is that these it, it is decided who's going to write the opinion. So they they probably do like an initial vote. All right, five to four going yeah, X right.
1: going this direction with Roberts flopping around like he usually right. does.
0: So Alito says, "All right, it's it, the majority says we're going to do X because I'm not going to talk about the opinion yet. Let's just say the majority in uh, in given yeah. case." You know, Joe Schmo versus Jane Schmo. Right. Uh, it's going to be, we're going to rule this way. So among those, it's decided who's going to write the majority opinion. And I think what happens is uh, only, you know, they sort of divvy them up fairly. So you're going to do this many a year. You're going to do this many this term, et cetera, et cetera. And then what they do is they write the majority opinion and they get it tight. Yeah. Like real tight. By yeah. tight, I mean like well-written, well-thought-out, well uh logic, the whole, all the legal stuff behind it. And they disseminate it to the people in the majority and they offer their comments and they tighten it up even more. And then it goes to the other side.
1: And, and, and just to be clear, some of the people in the majority will not sign on to, you know, maybe the majority opinion, but submit their own Affirmative, in other words, concurring opinion, but they have separate logic for how they got there.
0: And when that happens, we have these plurality decisions. Yeah. Like part of it means this, the other part of the majority says this, and you have to sort of dissect it. Yeah. This is not what's happened, apparently, anyway. Yeah. So this is, we don't know the exact status of the opinion, but But that could
1: happen. And that's part of this. Could have happened. Is that right in the middle of these justices negotiating amongst themselves and making their final decisions? Yep. This this person has has put this out to politico. They have
0: they have compromised the integrity of yeah. the judicial process and do not underestimate what that means. The the severity or the, the magnitude of that is almost hard to contemplate.
1: Yeah, I like, mean you know, there's a pop up mob, you know, the very night that this happened, right? An instant, you know, add water and you get a mob, you know, they showed up on the steps of the Supreme Court instantly and then they're there now i would be this is going to this is all they're going to talk about until election day
0: i would be equally pissed off if it were a minority, dis- or if it were going the other way, oh, and somebody, leaked, uh, somebody leaked it.
1: It was separately, not talking about the issue at hand, but about the leak.
0: And even exactly. if this case were going the other, even if what right. was leaked is going the other way, right? I would be equally—it's an outrage, flabbergasted exactly. because this is a—and
1: isn't it telling that none of the Democratic leaders, none of the lefties, none of the liberals are talking about this issue? They're no. all talking about the substance of the case, yeah. right? How they're, and, they're and, calling
0: these people heroes.
1: Yeah, they're calling them heroes, risking their
0: careers. And to, they're also
1: and they're also misrepresenting the impact of this case, which we can get. We're going to gonna get
0: to that. But yeah, they're, they're these the, whoever leaked this is now in in many uh, arenas being celebrated as a hero for risking their career to right. do what's right. In other words, the ends always justify the means when you get to these. these extremist viewpoints
1: comparisons to julian assange and all that bullshit and edward snowden it doesn't justify the
0: means you cannot compromise the process that has been in place and will be in place and and this is the classic uh if you change the rules to get an outcome you like in one case then the rules are going to be changed when you when it leads to the outcome you don't like in another you know as as i've said a 100 times before the devil will turn back on you before you know it and that's what's happened here. And I'll be interested to see how it shakes out. There is, in so my, what
1: what should happen, Steve, in your opinion, to the leaker?
0: I would I would think that the chief justice...
1: Well, what should happen? Forget Roberts, because I, I have minimal respect for him. I think him, the chief actually.
0: justice should appoint an independent investigator and get this thing investigated, figure out who did it, and then if there is a crime, then independently, there's got to be somebody in justice, evaluate it and pursue it. Um, that's the only thing you can do is expose the expose the crime and how it happened. Now, that's all you can do. That way it'll prevent it from happening before and leave the message that this can never happen again.
1: Now, Ketanji Jackson Brown was not involved in this decision. This is Breyer's last decision, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. So I've heard some of the polemics, polemicists say that a, a, a good a good thing for the Supreme Court to have done and perhaps they're going to do this or perhaps I missed it but instead of just Chief Chief Justice uh, Roberts submitting a statement to the press about how you know wrong this was etc shouldn't the court on banc you know shouldn't all nine and 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 throw Ketanji in there too shouldn't uh, the outgoing uh, associate justice and the incoming new one plus the other eight, shouldn't they all have issued a joint statement saying that this is wrong and, and getting it on the record that this this is not how they're going to proceed in the future?
0: Yeah, and I think that they will. I, okay. I, I do think that, but it, you know, this is one of those things where if I were, say somebody's called up Yavich and Palmer said Steve Palmer we want to get your advice because you're such a brilliant problem-solving attorney right what do we do I would say everybody take a minute give it the 24-hour rule Mm. figure out the best course of action and make sure we are all on the same page with the statements we make with the information we disseminate and this is unprecedented this is completely unprecedented this has never happened in the history of the court we need to make sure that the message we send out Is cohesive is firm and is unequivocal yeah that this was not sanctioned by any judge that we will take action to identify the person who did it and that we will see to it going forward that this never happens again and we assure the general public that no matter what the result of this leak is it will not change what we were going to do with the case well, that, that needs to be firmly, and I don't care if it, you know, there may there may be evidence, Norm, that comes out that this was just the draft, and um, it, it was going to be the minority opinion. I, I mean, you know, we don't know.
1: No, we don't know. We don't know what they're ultimately going to decide, and now this incident it will infect this decision forevermore, because there will be people claiming, no matter which way the Supreme Court releases this decision, which I think will be called Dobbs versus Jackson, I think is the case that we're talking about. When Dobbs versus Jackson, when that decision comes out later this year, there will be people, and this is is the pernicious aspect of this, there'll be people who on either, on both sides, who look at this and and think it was somehow possibly poisoned by this incident, that, that there were justices who were influenced to either harden their position beyond what they were gonna do or who weakened and got uh, and got scared one way or the other and decided to throw in with the majority because, or, or the minority because of the influence of public pressure. Yep. Instead of this all being behind uh, a curtain and being supposedly uh, done with the purity of adhering to the constitution.
0: No, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. And I think at the going forward if it were well, I, I look at it this way. If for instance the whistleblower, if this were a whistleblower that was exposing some corruption in the deliberation process, that would be a different story to me. Right. This is not that. This no. is somebody nefariously breaching the utmost duty of secrecy in the integrity of the judicial process. And this is the, now you're right. This is the functional equivalent of Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire with the asterisks next to the home runs. Right. Yeah, that's what this is.
1: Right. You know, what, what, now, now now I'm going to sound, now everybody listening, um, the millions that follow this podcast know that Norm Murdoch loves all human beings. So, and, and, so I don't want to sound like the crabby old man, but I, I submit that this tactic, the reason why this country has gone, what, 250 years or 240-ish years since uh, the Supreme Court was uh, set up um, without this ever happening is because of the Western uh, mind, the Western ethical base, the, the Western value system that rejects Machiavellianism, rejects the idea that the end justifies the means, that respects the process because if you respect the process, you then will respect the outcome. You will think and you will be reassured that because things were done according to, um, uh, without influence and without bias, you will think that the decision is an intellectual decision coming down from the Supreme Court and not a political one. And so we've gone, what, 240 years-ish without this ever happening before. And what do we have happening to our value system today? We have a value system where the, as I said, the end justifies the means no matter, and, and it's being reinforced by Pelosi, Schumer, and Biden. When they go right to the issue involved and skip over the idea that that the the actual uh infraction taking place here is this leak and they don't know what the supreme court's decision is going to be yet all they have is a draft they should wait they should keep their powder dry and so should the other side that's out there jubilating and thinking that it's a done deal the, the, they need to respect the process, and we don't have that in Washington, D.C. anymore, Steve.
0: No, we don't. You're exactly right. And look, I don't mind that Pelosi, Biden, and Schumer come out and say, boy, if this is going to be the decision, we disagree. I don't mind that at all. No,
1: I don't mind that either.
0: But what they should be saying is, this is an incredible breach right. of ethics, correct? of uh, integrity, right? and we want to make sure that the future of our court is not compromised.
1: I'll give you an analogy. We also used to have an ethic in this country that when the president was abroad speaking for the United States, whether it was Richard Nixon in China, whether it was, uh, uh, you know, President Bush over there in uh, Afghanistan, when the president was on foreign soil the opposition would not be critical of the president. It would not undermine him while he is in the midst, or she is in the midst of negotiations with a foreign country. We, you, you, Plenty of time to, to un, try to undermine the president politically back here at home in a domestic situation. They never did that yeah. until recently.
0: Because the idea was to support the country.
1: That's right. And see, these kinds of precepts, these kinds of, uh, of 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 issues of integrity—they're eroded now. They're almost all gone, and it's and it's down to just I got to win at any cost. It doesn't matter what it takes. And and I actually saw that on a sign in front of the Supreme Court by one of the protesters, uh, the de- a demonstrator that said, you know, um, Roe at any cost
0: at any cost whatever
1: that, it takes
0: that's insane that's to me.
1: insane so what are you gonna so now we're talking violence burn it down yeah burn it down
0: and that's what this is this is this is the this is really just a metaphorical burn it down that's right we don't care about the integrity of the no. system anymore no. this is so important to us that we're going to burn it down
1: we're going to burn it burn down. it
0: all down damn exactly. it right and that's what they did and, and i tell you what if if Whatever side of this decision the respective justices are on if they like I said if they called my law firm They better come out cohesive on this. You cannot You cannot come out and say and be wishy-washy and waffle on this you have to say This was wrong. Yeah, this should never have happened we respect the integrity of this branch of government It operates independent of politics. It operates independent of the legislative branch. And if it doesn't, our country doesn't work, and it's all over.
1: Well, because, Steve, what will be the outcome? The outcome of this is the poisoning of that negotiation process between the justices. And I don't mean negotiation like, you know, Trump negotiating to buy some real estate down near Mar-a-Lago. I'm talking about the education or the Debate amongst the justices about what in original, uh, what is original intent with regard to this issue, or why original intent should be ejected, and it, we have a growing, living constitution. Sure.
0: and beyond that, the, the, you know, you you hear these stories of Scalia being friends with the justices on the other side, like they're arch enemies on in, by with the pen. Yeah,
1: RBG and Scalia were big buds, and, and
0: personally, yeah. they respected each other. Yeah, and they respected each other because they could have disagreements without the outside coming in and and they could they could they had mutual respect. This is a this is a hand grenade right into that process. It's a hand
1: grenade and and so how can the justices so so say you're Alito and say the case is guns or say the case is, you know, some other hot case going the other way. Death penalty. What whatever it is, right? Going the other way. You know, how free do you think Sam Alito's gonna be without this understanding amongst the justices to to pen maybe his dissent and then start circulating it to right. uh, Katanji Jackson Brown or or other people on the other side without thinking that his intellect his the pro- the product of his intellect is not somehow going to be disseminated wider than the small circle at the supreme court it, it, is, it completely destroys the process
0: it, it is it is fatal and something has to be done definitively to address it right yeah and, so, and you're right shame on biden and look i i don't like the man from a, as a as a politician I, yeah. I i couldn't disagree with him more right. i got my own issues with with all those with the same applause same with, all of them yeah but it, it shame on every one of those people who have a, a position of authority who is not at the outset uh uh speaking against this correct first and foremost right First and foremost, condemn this. You have to. You have to say, folks, before we even address this opinion and what it means and what it doesn't mean, et cetera, we want everybody to know that our country can't operate this way. It cannot.
1: Right. And there was a time also when legitimate media would never have published this. There was a time. There was a time, you know, I I recall uh, reading, you know, whether it's Ben Bradley or, you know any other the other great newspaper editors, uh, whether they were liberal or conservative. I'm not getting to that, but just their judgment. For example, they knew about the Azorian submarine uh, mission, which was uh, to grab a Soviet nuclear sub off the floor of the Atlantic Ocean. Great
0: story by the way. There's right. a book about it. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, so 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 the newspapers up to a time knew about that that there was a leak from the CIA. It was a CIA operation. Howard Hughes uh, uh, ship, the Glomar Explorer, retrieving that submarine. And yet the newspapers, and this is during Vietnam, the newspapers d- decided that in the interest of national security, to withhold publish, uh, that uh, publishing that story um, for a time. Eventually, the New York Times, you know, felt when they felt when the story became a little bit too well known to other media that it was their scoop, and they went ahead and, and published it. But it does show you the reluctance of responsible media to publish something like this. That's all gone too, Steve.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it, it, you can go back and we can read about the Pentagon Papers and some of that other stuff. It's all similar stuff. But at yeah. least they at least everybody understood the significance of what That's, this right. Is.
1: That's right. And,
0: you know, this is a matter of national importance right. that that really shakes the foundations of our government structure. That's right. I, and people are going to say, oh, you're just saying. But I, no, I really, really believe that. So I really, really believe. So if
1: I'm editor of Politico, you know, the call I make before I publish that? I call the Supreme Court. Say, I call hey, look, Chief Justice Roberts. We got a problem. And I say, hey, listen, I've got a draft of this opinion. What, what, what's the deal? What is this? Is this real? You know, what You know what do I have here? And
0: Such a great point, because they don't even know. They just published it. That's right. And, and, and you know, and it immediately causes, it could have been a forgery. That's right. Could have been a forgery. Yep. Designed just to influence it. Sure. Now, I don't think it was. It was a very mm-hmm. well, which is a good shift into the documents. A very well-written opinion. And I think we should do it, taking that gear shift, um, we should talk about what it is and what it isn't. Um, let's assume for a second that this is how the case is decided. And, and before we, and I think it's, it, we should say one more thing before that is that there is no dissenting opinions yet. So this in, presumably would be disseminated to the, the judges who dissent. They would write their opinions in response, and then the majority would go back exactly. and add content to right. address the arguments against them, right. or maybe change their minds.
1: Yeah, or Kavanaugh right? or, or or Barrett or both, they break off from Alito and say, well, you're being a little too literalist, uh, in yeah. your, you know. And we don't know we, any of we, that. We, inc- we concur with you, be, but because of this other philosophy that that we sure. come to. I, and Roberts, during the, the, the oral arguments, he floated out this ridiculous idea of 15 weeks. Like at 15 weeks, some kind of fairy dust uh, gets sprinkled on the fetus, and it goes from a viable tissue mass to a human being.
0: Yeah, well, and this is where this is where I have made this argument for almost my entire legal career. Yeah, I think Roe v. Wade was the worst, most horrible decision ever that's come out of the Supreme Court. And I'm not talking politically, like yeah. the old slavery cases yeah, or Plessy, you know, Plessy or yeah, right. Dred Scott. Yeah, yeah I, I right. you know, I'm not into that. No, I'm not talking about mean, that stuff. You mean in
1: the modern era?
0: I mean in the context of poor judicial analysis. Yeah, right. They invented facts. Yeah. They invented logic. Yeah. They came up with a structure that is nothing short of really just a legislative pronouncement on right. what abortion should be or shouldn't be right and when i say legislative that's what i mean it sounds like they had a debate on the legislative floor to come up with this trimester theory yeah and and it, it showed up in a judicial opinion it wasn't in the facts of the case it was not in the record below no. they just invented it out a whole cloth yeah and there's some backstory to that that somebody one of the clerks friends was a doctor or worked at a hospital in new york and gave him this trimester thing and they went back and rewrote the opinion i mean It is a horrible decision. It's a horrible decision factually. It's a horrible decision from a logic, and it's a horrible decision from the constitutional standpoint in that there is no constitutional right to an abortion, and they invented one. Didn't didn't
1: Blackman? wasn't it Justice Blackman that authored the majority opinion? I can't recall. I think it was Blackman. Yeah, it's a terrible decision. So I think I've mentioned this here on the podcast before. When, uh, when, you know, going through law school, you take uh, constitutional law, um you know usually uh it's a year-long course typically i mean because after all it's the foundation but uh, my professor was extremely liberal, and he laughed at this opinion. He knew it was such crap, and he taught us that. Yeah. He taught the class that Roe v. Wade was complete shit.
0: It's 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 a complete crap opinion, and anybody honest to constitutional yeah. jurisprudence has to admit that.
1: And at the time I was going through law school, uh, it was only 12-year-old opinion at that time. So I'm dating myself here. Now it's almost fifty-year-old opinion. Still crap, and it's still crap. And the idea that it's uh, precedent—you can't overturn precedent. Well, I refer you back to Plessy. Yeah, exactly. Okay? So give so, me a break. I refer back, you back to Dred Scott. Give we'll, me a break. We'll
0: get to we'll get to this idea of precedent, super precedent, in a second. But let's, let's what the court is basically saying here is what I have, when I argue with people about this. I I try to keep my personal opinion about abortion out of it because you don't need to go there to argue that Roe v. Wade is a horrible decision. Now, people often say, well, the majority of the country is in favor of abortion. I will say, fine. All the more reason to send it back to the legislative bodies in the individual states. So the majority can vote its will.
1: Correct. At the time of the writing of Roe, one-third of the states had very permissive, abortion rights laws and
0: it was taking off. That's right.
1: Yeah. So what the Supreme Court did back in 73 in imposing Roe on the rest of us, uh, where, where, whose States did not have widely, uh, licentious laws allowing abortion for almost any reason, um, was they nationalized the state laws in that one third of the country to the other 50 States. And and, and and that's legislation that, that yeah. th- th- there was no. So the abortion, motherhood, I don't even think the terms husband and wife, uh, man, woman uh, in terms of sex, those words aren't even in the Constitution. There is no constitutional language by either implication, inference, or, or in any way, able to be construed about abortion in the Constitution. And And, and our Constitution, folks, specifically reserves for the states every unenumerated power listed and given to the federal government by agreement of the states joining the United States of America when they petition to become a state. All of the other powers it, it, it's it's in the Tenth Amendment. It's it's in it's implicit in the entire document that if a power is not given to the federal government, all other subject matters, all other powers are reserved to the states because that's where these issues involving gender, marriage, death penalty, if you will, uh, school uh, edu- educational issues, uh, police issues. All of these other matters, including abortion, are to be done with the participation of the people, where the rubber meets the road, and that is at the state government level.
0: Yeah, and and you know what you have to do when you when you think about these arguments that people have day in and day out over the water cooler or over beers or just uh, yelling at each other across the aisle. They're all they're all legislative arguments. No, life starts here. No, it starts over there. It starts here. It starts over there. It's not a factual decision that the U.S. Supreme Court is equipped to handle. The and, and this isn't. An, I don't mean to. I'm not talking down anybody, but it's not always obvious to everybody what the court's job is. It doesn't decide facts. The U.S. Supreme Court does not decide facts. It decides law. Yeah. And in order to decide law, the facts have to come to the court already established. Right. They don't get to say. That is, the U.S. Supreme Court does not get to say when life starts. Right. It's not their job. Right. Now, that debate can be had on the assembly room floor. That debate can be had in Congress. They can shout at each other. They can bring in witnesses. Right. They can take testimony. You could even do it in a courtroom at the trial court level in some state. Sure. You could say, we're going to call Dr. Jones, and Dr. Jones is going to say, right. uh, no, life starts at conception. And they're going to call Dr. Smith, who's going to say, no, it's at 15 weeks, and they're going to call Dr Miller who's going to say no I think life starts at the the second somebody's born and somebody's going to have to decide that fact right. then they appeal and the the appeal of that decision goes to the court of appeals now they're going to decide whether that was legally done correctly and then those facts are established right. done and over then yeah. it can go up to the Supreme Court with the facts right that's it right. instead what happened with Roe v Wade they jumped all that yeah skipped it yeah. And just decided facts at the U.S. Supreme Court level,
1: and that has had a pernicious that that has had a deleterious effect ever since. Correct. So the Supreme Court, from Roe and and up to the present day, even though this leaked opinion uh, says it is limited only to abortion, you know and I know, Steve, that this case, if that if that draft opinion is pretty much going to be the final. It, 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 if they overrule Roe in this Dobbs versus Jackson, and that draft opinion pretty much uh, stays and is pretty much the logic, you and I know that that will be used as precedent, regardless of what Alito put in there, because yep. the the uh, the calculation and the and the deliberation and the explanation in that opinion clearly shows that it is not subject matter under the Constitution. It is not federal subject matter. Yeah,
0: the argument is flawless. So, so,
1: So under our federalism, which I described earlier, where you divide issues between the federal government and the state governments based on whether it is an enumerated power, an enumerated subject matter for the state, such as interstate commerce, clearly a federal thing. Uh, But it's supposed to be about commerce. It's not supposed to be about, you know, marriage and all the other things that they have since stuck into that uh, clause. But, you know, I'll just mention another case here. So the Obergefell case uh, involving uh, gay marriage. Uh, Clearly, now, I'm not saying anything about homosexual marriages or homosexual unions or the validity of them, yay or nay. I'm simply saying, clearly our Constitution doesn't have a damn thing to do with marriage. Marriage isn't mentioned, heterosexual marriage is not mentioned, implied, or in any way involved in the Constitution. The clearly marriage the discussion of whether there ought to be a license to get married or not, whether, uh, whether you have certain privileges or not for testifying or certain health care privileges or not for being married, all of that stuff is a state issue. It, 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 it cannot be a federal right. issue in, in, under in. any analysis. And so Obergefell, I think, I mean, logically, now I don't think societally, it will be overturned by the Supreme Court I in no way because, Well,
0: the opinion says it, it doesn't intend to
1: that's right yeah yeah you're right yeah. but but it ought to be it ought to be in terms of logic
0: for different for similar and additional reasons I agree with you that's right but uh so let's talk about what this means now so everybody's screaming oh, abortions over abortions over I think far from it I think I think what this is is a return to the state of our Union that may well save it All right. So here's what what I mean. Right. If you, we now have such controversy in our country over Roe v. Wade. Right. Such incredible controversy about whether that should be a constitutional right, whether it is, whether it isn't, whatever it is, that it's an impossible resolution. One, Washington, D.C., the federal government cannot cram that down on the entire United States of America. Right. And it's not working. It's what, just not,
1: Steve. What it's led to, what Roe has led to, is is a new. Is, well, it's not new anymore. But it led to the tactic of the left, the left not being able to accomplish what they wanted via legislation or via constitutional amendment. And clearly, that's that's where Roe needs to go. If they want the abortion, what they call rights, or what I call murder, if 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 they want that to be uh, ensconced federally, they need to go get a constitutional amendment, uh, drafted and passed in two thirds of the States. That's what they need to do. They don't want to do the work or they think it's impossible to get that done. Fine. Then that tells you where the country is, but that's a solution All, for federal. If they want to have abortion legal and on demand at the state level they just have to do their job in 50 states
0: that's right and now here's what's, that's all. as an aside I, I didn't know this and i saw this after roe v wade was decided there was a big push to amend the constitution to say there is no constitutional right to own abortion you know who signed off on that who? joe biden
1: wow yep. and now joe biden at his press conference yesterday slipped up and called a fetus a child yeah that just goes to show you all those years of him sticking up and protecting the hyde amendment which would ban federal funding of abortions which is gone now biden biden uh, used to believe just like the kennedy family used to believe that uh they were pro-life and he was staunchly that way it completely flipped when it became important for him politically to get those votes I mean, it's the most crass, you know, how you could change your mind. I I don't even think a good lefty would respect that kind of a flip because it just shows you that the person has no character. No, it's
0: all about chasing the power. That's right. So back to my point that this may well save the union. Here's what I mean by that. If you take this, this, this issue that was that on either side, nobody's happy. Right. Because the, if you're in favor of abortion, you can't understand why everybody else is. And if you're not in favor of abortion, you can't st- understand why everybody else is. And then they make that a constitutional right. So if you're on the half that doesn't like it, then you're just screwed. You're out of luck. Right. Now, the Roman Empire, when it was thriving at its height, mm-hmm. and you know this is my old... I don't even know it was grade school, college, high school, whatever, but this is my understanding of it. If I'm wrong, you historians can send me a note.
1: Yeah, they had Netflix inside the Colosseums.
0: Oh, okay. That's well,
1: that's what the Colosseum, all that, that's what all those gladiator games were all about. That was the Roman version of Netflix.
0: Well here's what I was uh here's what I was getting at, is that at its height, it it spanned all the way up to Hadrian's Wall in Britain. <laughs> And all the way to Rome, and I mean, it, it, it had yeah. the known world at the time.
1: Absolutely, and it Africa, thrived. Persia. I mean, they they and were you, everywhere. And you
0: have to ask why. It's because they were tolerant of the local policies and practices. They did not cram down values and force values on their on their conquered territory. They let them. They, they gave the conquered territory sort of the best of what the Roman Empire had to offer, which is you know security and whatever you're part of it. I'm sure they taxed the crap out of them. So I'm not saying it was all happy.
1: Yeah, they were a pro slavery society. <laughs> but what they didn't
0: do was was force them into a unified. You have to act this way, be this way, believe this way. They let the locals sort of live and and this is the system that our united states government was designed to create we let right. this we are too vast our country is huge it's not like germany it's not like everybody says we want uh, sweden's version well, guess what? It's a pretty homogenous country right. that has very similar value structures across its population. We're not that way.
1: Yeah, used to be. Now, Sweden has a major, uh, problems, major problem because, because they had unhindered immigration. They've got people from alien culture that don't even understand what a democracy is, and they're sure. acting
0: up. And they've got problems. But the point was that we understood that. We had certain people that lived in, now, some of this was built on slavery to an extent that they, that, the, that we couldn't get an agreement of a strong federal government because the South wanted to cling by slavery, so we created the states' rights. But it, you know, we had this idea that the local government had to deal with these issues. Yeah. We had to because nobody in Washington D.C. understood what was going on in Louisiana or in uh, right. Ohio right. or in Illinois or then when we expanded out west, even more so. Right? Right. It's like they didn't know. They had no idea what they hadn't even been there. No. And it, so we created the system where the local government was king. The local government solved local problems the way the local problems needed to be solved because they understood, by being there, what that meant. This is the idea of federalism. So here in Ohio, we can decide. You want abortion? Go vote. Yeah. Go in New York. You want abortion? Go vote. Right. Texas, you, you want abortion? Go vote. And if you don't want abortion, go vote. And here's the other beauty of this. If you don't like it, you can move. Yeah. Now, you could say that not well, everybody can afford to move and yada, yada. I agree, dude, but there's no walls. Dude,
1: there'll be abortion vacations, yeah, abortion course, tourism. Right. California has already said that they are going to spend state funds to fly women in who otherwise sure. can't afford abortion.
0: Now, my buddy uh, that I argue with all the time, he says, well, if you have a your way, Steve, then there's going to be poor people in oh, like, God, in, like Mississippi yeah. who need an abortion and can't get one, and they all don't right. have enough money to go somewhere else. I'm like, all right, well— I don't want to have to wear a mask and I'm stuck in California. It's the same problem, right? I I can't afford to leave and I'm just stuck with this draconian boot heel tactic. So you've got the same problem across so many different issues that I just don't buy that.
1: That fellow right there doesn't believe in the ascendancy of states' rights. He doesn't believe that the states should have the unenumerated powers reserved to them by the Constitution. When, when they were bargaining, when the th- original 13 colonies were bargaining whether or not to form a central government, it was the states that were in the driver's seat. And you had Adams and these people having to convince these independent, sovereign states to give up little pieces, it, at that time, very little pieces of their sovereignty in order to join a more perfect union, Sure, right? And those little pieces were basically like, yeah, OK, you can form an army and a navy and you can have interstate commerce and and, uh, you know, not much else. And, right.
0: And now we've got this. This is why I say this may save the union, because those people who want to have a to want to live in a place where they can get abortions can do it. Yeah, those people who don't want to be in a community where there's right. abortions they can do it right. it gives us an opportunity to live in harmony even when we disagree exactly under the same flag
1: right and there is a process if, if they want to nationalize any given issue whether it's uh you know whether it's uh you know booze in the case of uh uh, in the case of uh, you know wh- where we experimented with uh, like the twenty eighth, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, and and then and then we and then we uh, passed another constitutional uh, amendment to to reject it. So so in it, you know we can do this federally, but
0: follow the rules. It follow... takes it takes a two was it two thirds majority. I mean, it takes yeah. a super majority of states oh, yeah. to do to get it That's done. That's right. And and you know if you don't want to do it that way because you can't do it that way, that's telling, you that's telling you that you don't have the support to do it that way. Right. You know, we're all Americans. Correct. We are. You can't cram down your values on everybody else. You cannot do it. It'll yeah. never work. It'll right. never work. It'll never work. Right. And, I, and I'm and i saying that to both sides of this debate. Right. If somebody strongly believes in abortion norm, you're never going to convince them. Otherwise, you can debate. You can argue. You can do whatever. But don't, right. don't think that you're going to change half the country's mind or more.
1: Well, I think we should talk about the election a little bit.
0: Let's talk about the election. Then we got to wrap it up. But uh, yeah, so J.D. Vance, our boy,
1: yeah, so J.D. Vance, um, in, in this, this I'll get to, I'll get to one thing that really bothers me about our election process. But yeah, J.D. Vance uh, won um, uh, pretty handily. Um, uh, Governor Dewine was reelected. Uh, pretty much all the all the other office office holders on the ballot were either unopposed or or we pretty much knew how it was going to fall. So it's going to be uh, Tim Ryan. Um, Uh, In in the in the fall against J.D. Vance for Ohio's senator.
0: Now, J.D. Vance, for those who are saying J.D. Vance only got this nod because Trump endorsed him. Trump was on. Where was he? Was he out in Indiana? He was somewhere out in the Midwest or Western Midwest. And he makes this comment that uh, he said, what was was J.D. Vance's uh, opponent?
1: Uh, oh uh, well, we had several, right? Who
0: was the big one though? There was one uh, rental, or uh, what was his name? Yeah.
1: Um, oh gosh, the businessman uh, Dolan.
0: Dolan, I from, think
1: from uh, the Cle- guy who owns, I think the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, he was up in Cleveland, and he owns the Columbus Crew, maybe. Uh, and in,
0: Trump said, "Yeah, our endorsements are doing great. We got J D. Dolan in Ohio. Yeah, we've endorsed him. Yeah. you know, but uh, no, J D. Vance, uh, won fair and square, and. You know, you and I had talked about this. He sort of held back some of his uh, ammunition until the end, and right. I started to see ads in the last week and a half, and it worked.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was primarily his appearance on our show here.
0: Oh, of course. Um, I mean, he's never going to give us credit for that, but, no, no, but we certainly understand. We put him over the happen. top. Yeah.
1: But, but in all seriousness, one of the things that really bothers me, its and this is a good example. So Trump gave J.D. Vance... His endorsement two weeks prior uh, to the election roughly two weeks and, and you know made it formal at the Delaware County Fairgrounds or wherever that rally was. I didn't go uh, <laughs> I had work to do but um, you know I wish I was there I heard it was fantastic but at any rate uh, it, it, Trump gave him his endorsement which was kind of uh, late in the you know electoral process in the primary process. It wasn't an early endorsement. It was a late one. So what does that mean? What that means is there, there were the voters who voted early were denied. They denied themselves by voting early of further information that may or may not have been of value. I think it was uh, of great value because some people really despised Trump and would have voted for anybody but somebody Trump endorsed.
0: And old JD's not necessarily, you know, he's he's a little bit more um, government-oriented than I am, even. Um, yeah, right. No, I like him because I think he's genuine and he's honest about it.
1: Well, and that's primarily and, and my criteria, is, yeah, is a person a straight shooter.
0: Yeah, he's a straight shooter, so you know what and, you're getting. And the
1: fact that he changed his mind and came out and apologized and said, yeah, I was wrong about Trump well hey dude stand in line glenn beck i mean i could yeah. i could name like you know a 500 conservatives that thought trump was you know full of crap and just you know was 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 not a non serious person ended up being you know one of the better presidents we've ever had on on actual governance sure, if you issues. actually go
0: look at if you <laughs> yeah like not not his uh not his twitter not his verbal twitter abilities yeah right, right. yeah for yeah, sure
1: that, that was that was less Co- than VV instead of coffee right?
0: But uh no so jd and <laughs> i agree I think, with you man you're voting early like that you're yeah. depriving yourself of information
1: yeah and i i think our voting laws need to be tuned up i i think that sort of like
0: leaking an opinion before it's final yeah
1: i think yes i think that it should be very limited to perhaps military deployed um, people who are actually uh, hospitalized or have some kind of doctor's note. It needs to be really tightened up for people. You know, if you have travel, you're going to be in Europe and you could prove that with a ticket. But the idea that just for convenience sake, I don't have to waddle down my big fat ass down to the polling station and stand in line with my fellow citizens until I get a chance to vote. I'm sorry. Complain to your local board of election to have more, more booths, uh, better parking, or whatever it is. But I think that if, if you have voters voting on the basis of different information, you know, like w- w- what if uh, one of the candidates had, uh, I don't know, murdered his wife? you know, during the final week leading up to the election, but yet, you know, uh, he, he had uh, uh, 100,000 votes in the bag. Well, y- you can't unvote. Yeah,
0: and this is like, it's like leaving a football game early. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can't, like, you don't, you never know. And, it ain't and, over till it's it over. It ain't over till it's over. And it hasn't right.
1: begun until it's
0: begun. And the problem with this is it enables, it changes the, the landscape of campaigning. Because you're gonna, the people are now campaigning for the early voters. That's right, and uh, that's right.
1: That's exactly right, and it's also created the opportunity for electioneering and, and sure fraud.
0: Right. Yeah, Tom, I mean, people,
1: uh, mail-in
0: ballots are the most fertile crescent for fraud. Well, what are they? What,
1: what do they call that? Mules uh, and harvesting. Yeah, vo- yeah.
0: The ballot harvesting. I mean, it's mean, just, it's yeah. just
1: lunacy. I'm going to go down to the old folks' home and have some guy who's drooling out of the corner of his mouth has, yeah. uh, you know, basically, you know, incompetent. Uh, but but nobody's gonna deny an incompetent person the right to vote. So you check a little box and put his, I don't know what they do, thumbprint or whatever they, yeah. or or whatever. It's probably very minimal. and uh, and that 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 uh, the, the the person working at the the nursing home, you know, comes screaming in like they she just won the prices right because she's got twenty five votes for, you know, this candidate or that candidate, you know, stuffed in her nursing pocket. Well, that's not right. That's not fair. Yeah. That's no nobody intended that to happen.
0: And this is just stuff and, and shame on everybody who is OK with this only when their candidate wins. Right. You know,
1: see, see, so you'll notice I haven't said a thing about Republicans or Democrats. That's right. I'm talking about the sanctity of the process.
0: It's the same as the Supreme Court argument we've been making. So yeah. oh, I
1: have to, I have three other things real fast. Let's we we have five minutes. Norm's nuggets. Yeah. The Department of Homeland Security disinformation office. Oh my You gosh. have got to be shitting me. I was going to make you've that the whole be, show. You've got to be shitting me until right? the
0: Roe v. Wade p- right. p- decision dropped. I was going to make that the whole like, show.
1: Like, Are you kidding me? And the and the and the crazy woman that they that, that they're nominating or that has been in charge. So this has been in place for a couple of months already. Yeah, this has been in with the her in charge, and it just leaked out during Mayorkas's recent Senate uh, testimony that this office even existed. This and is now the they're saying now they're saying, "Oh, what well, we would never monitor or or try to of course not. detect." Uh, Except domestic. The CDC <laughs> yeah. has been
0: monitoring everybody's right. Have you watched this one in conjunction with this this not in conjunction with this body or organization, but Right. The CDC has been monitoring they bought information from cell phone companies to monitor people's locations sure. during the pandemic. Sure. And if you think that our federal government right. is immune Give from corrupt break. abuse of power. Right. You are absolutely insane. And if you think maybe your candidate is immune from absolute uh, corruption, well, then guess what? The next person's not.
1: Well, do you, Steve? Do we really need? I guess we do. do. I I think we need to list out the things that we were told and promised. Uh, whether yeah, disinformation
0: you know, from indeed. From How long have they been at every single well, step?
1: Beginning with the war on terrorism, okay, and the original Patriot Act. Right. We need which I would, back then I was in favor of because I couldn't conceive it would be used against American citizens. That's how damn naive Norm Murdoch was.
0: Now, I'm not going to claim perfection, but I I was against it at the yeah, time.
1: Yeah, so I was not. I said, oh yeah, give, give them all these plenary powers because they're going to go after the Sarnaev brothers and prevent the bombing at the Boston Marathon. That's how stupid I was, which they didn't do. And they sure. had all kinds of warning and, and they had all kinds of intel and they didn't arrest, the FBI the didn't do it. The government sucks, man. They're yeah, just they bad did, at things. They're bad at doing their job, but but they sure as hell can spy on uh, I'm tra- James Rosen mm-hmm. of Fox News and, and 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 listen to his phone calls and and, uh, and 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 read his texts in real time. So all this crap. This is
0: Orwellian Ministry of Truth.
1: So when they tell us, Steve, that that they're not going to use this foreign intelligence laws and rules against domestic American citizens. I mean, whether it's the FISA court system, whether it's the NSA. these leaks (laughs) you got to give you got to give snowden and assange credit for some things these leaks have absolutely proven that they have used it against Americans. they
0: absolutely have and they will continue to do it and if you think that the government's version of truth is always going to be true you are absolutely living in the dark there is no way this will not become corrupt it is this is the heart this is the this is the height rather of insanity Two,
1: two more things yep uh the, 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 um, the transgender case down in Tallahassee, Florida, I think mentions, uh, merits mention, uh, that um, uh, the school is hiding behind uh, a non-disclosure policy uh, wherein they shepherded a 13-year-old girl, came up with a six-page transition plan for her to transition uh, from one sex to another, Uh, I don't want to give the name, even though it's in the news, uh, because it's a a minor. And um, at any rate, uh, if you're you're interested, folks, you can Google that. Tallahassee, Florida, school system, 13-year-old girl. Her mother is now suing uh, the the Florida school district because, you know, they need her permission to give that girl an aspirin, right? But she can go get uh, her sex changed. Right, and she can get counseling and a, and a whole program, and it will not be revealed to the parents because the parents are the enemy, the parents are the danger, the parents are the th- the one aspect in this process that you can't trust. Right, that's what the school system thinks, and so the girl uh, or boy, whichever it was, transitioning to the other gender uh has the right of non-disclosure against their own parents
0: well this is insane and then you got the biden administration coming out and saying part of uh health care for pd pedi- or for uh, children is top and bottom surgery and puberty blockers and uh, they have an essential right to that um and, and look if if you're a parent and you think your kid needs to have his genitals mutilated and changed well at least be the one that makes that decision On your own the government is in no way equipped to make that decision and the puberty blockers have unintended consequences I mean this stuff is catastrophic there's this woman who had come out in some social media group about what's happened to her I think her now 18 19 year old daughter slash son and and apparently the son was showing some trans tendencies and wanted to be a woman well they got him on puberty blockers they explored the possibility of surgery it's too costly they couldn't get it done and now he's like this this sort of half-and-half no sexual drive never been stimulated has a micropenis that it doesn't work at all and the doctors are saying well you know it may always be that way there's nothing we can do can't date nobody wants to date i mean it's just like this 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 insanity and this woman is crying for help in the in the community of the same type and i'm like look you know sh- damn it yeah. <laughs> you never should have done it right and you know you've ruined a life yeah you've ruined a life right because it, it it can't you can't reverse this stuff once it's done and yeah. you know you can't just build a vagina out of a colon and say it's going to be the same
1: and and to do and to and to take a kid down that road without the involvement of his or her family is an outrage it's it's oh
0: well, un- sure that's a parent doing it but yeah if you if the school is doing it that's what I'm saying it's like even more asinine I mean this is we're living in we're living in this in the ministry of truth under Orwell right we're going to create the truth deliver it right. and but here's the thing. We all know it's bullshit. Right. We all know
1: it. Well, that's like Pisaki or or one of the spokespersons in regards to these cases saying, well, while, while I think Biden himself, while that child is in school, those are our children, meaning the government's mm. children.
0: That's so offensive to me. You've got to be
1: kidding. No, that's my child that I have given you stewardship over during those seven sure, hours
0: you sit at my leisure that's right? exactly yeah, right. you're you're in loco parentes only because i say so right and and, and to
1: the extent i say and
0: so. to the extent i say so and and we're going to see there's pushback now against homeschooling because they don't want to give up the power it's like who are these people right this is insanity man and people say well it never happens it's really rare well you know when it gets exposed it's always that one rare case but more and more keeps getting exposed
1: last thing speaking of school Uh, Last thing I have, Steve, I don't want to step on you, but the last thing I have is uh, about this tuition giveaway uh, legislation or Biden thinking he can do it by executive fiat of of either somewhere between $10,000 and $50,000 of forgiveness. And I'm like, well, then I'm sure as hell better get a tax credit. Just I a, sure as hell better get a deduction.
0: Just a ploy to kids. For, for all support of the tuition that
1: me and my boys have paid to the federal government. Uh, I mean, have repaid federal federally backed student loans. Where is our gift? Where's the taxpayer's gift? At a time when the Fed is jacking rates up in order to address inflation, and at a time when the federal budget is, you know, thank God for Joe Manchin. Uh, you know, d- denying the three trillion dollar build back better bullshit, and and all this other insanity, the 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 idea that we are going to put I think I heard the number was nine nine hundred billion dollars of forgiveness if AOC gets her way.
0: Yeah, utter insanity. And and by the way. Debt forgiveness is the same as printing money. It's yeah. the same as sending. It's the same as uh, giving people money. It's a tax on us. Yeah. And and when you're doing this, first of all, the power structure that Biden has to do this is, doesn't exist. I mean, he can't just by executive fiat say, yeah. I, I hereby forgive all your debt. It's like, uh, who thinks, who wants the president to have that authority? Right. I, I don't. No. And to me, this is just a ploy because his numbers are so abhorrent with even the college kids that voted for him they think that like this like this support is down everywhere that this is like something he's buying it he's trying yeah. to buy their their vote and uh and it's, it's
1: going to disproportionate i think they i think the analysis so oh, the, rich
0: white kids win well <laughs> right, the, right. The, the office
1: a, of management and budget i think did an analysis i think it's out that if this pass if this were to come to pass that 50 percent of the beneficiaries will be people who basically don't need this who don't need it. Right. You know, that's exactly right. And, and so, and, and and regardless of whether they need it or not, it was an adult choice. You don't go to college until you're an adult. So it was an adult choice to enter into a loan. And I think every adult knows what a loan is. A loan is something that you promise to pay back. So all of these kids. Who are not kids? They're adults. They could serve in the military. They could get married. They can, you know, uh, th- they can do a lot of things.
0: Well, there's, there's they a They all knew.
1: They knowingly entered into a loan. There's, there's
0: a pushback here that I'm just going to give some backdrop. Go I ahead. think that college tuition skyrocketed the day the government started subsidizing loans. Absolutely. Because if the government's going to subsidize the payback, well, then they're going to charge more for it. And then sure. they're going to build bigger buildings to justify charging more. And it's right. just this leapfrog game that continues and continues and continues. Right. And this is what's culminating this so if you're a kid that got swept up into this in the late 90s through the 2000s where tuition just went off the charts like exponentially higher than inflation or whatever
1: yes and it did
0: um, well you got duped right you know the government the government sort of insisted that you get uh, a quote education a college education when maybe you needed it maybe you didn't right uh, and subsidized it and you signed on the dotted lines now so the other side of your argument norm is that they sort of got swept up into this bad government policy to begin with now that said i agree with you the, yeah. the remedy for that and here here's the real trouble is that the government <laughs> they wouldn't let you they wouldn't let you file for bankruptcy to uh discharge those loans so they were lending people without risk yeah and you know so it's really it all started with bad government policy and it's going to end with bad government policy yeah just that's that's just it's so obvious when you step back and look at
1: it and well in the in the you know i always come back to the equal protection clause and i know that this doesn't apply because it's you know equal protection i guess this has been construed to be mainly covering criminal matters but i would argue equal protection in this case would mean that all those guys out there nailing roofs on all those guys doing plumbing work all the guys doing body work and girls and and women doing body work, doing nails, uh, you know, uh, uh, do, uh, hair stylists. All these people who bought their equipment, leased their own little building, bought a van, you know, bought ladders, bought sh- uh, tools, went, went to the Snap On guy and and invested in sixty five thousand dollars of tools so they could work at a Chevrolet dealership, et cetera, et cetera. None of those people got a damned iota of federal assistance. Yeah. What makes it so special about college? So now I sound like Mike Rowe, right?
0: Sure. Yeah, no, you're so, right. So he's, so he's what, right.
1: What makes it so special about college that those people get a subsidized loan that those because people get guaranteed. They are loans.
0: the elites. Yeah. They are the elites. It's total crap. It is and they have all they're doing is just creating more and more and more division.
1: People who got these federal education loans, college loans, need to get down on their hands and knees and thank the blue collar citizens of this country who underwrote and subsidized their education. They should be grateful and they should repay their effing loans.
0: And they are no better than the guy banging nails. No, they're not. No, none of us are. None and of us. Anybody are. who says otherwise will shame on you. Thank you, Steve. All right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up another riveting round table at an hour and five minutes ish. I should add. So, well done. I like it maybe maybe uh like bre- it we do may the fourth so <laughs> uh, a couple quick housekeeping things uh as i have said a hundred times if you got a question just submit it lawyer talk podcast.com if you like the roundtable keep listening spread the word if you want to become a sponsor we've been uh soliciting some sponsors people are showing interest so get in line if you want to become a sponsor you can look us up at lawyer tech lawyer talk podcast.com uh send me an email we can talk about what that is we can do live sponsors we can bring you in you can be a guest whatever you want to do but uh, the listenership is growing broadly and uh, we want to keep the content streaming so uh, if you're interested in that let me know Uh, if you want your own podcast that's brett circle 270 media in conjunction with 511 studios and uh, we'll get you hooked right up you're going to sound awesome just like we do before you know it you'll have millions of listeners just like we do and uh, we'll get your show launched and successful i forgot i lost my train of thought we'll get get you so (laughs) we'll get you so launched and successful period i had i I always felt like there's another rhythm to something else but it wasn't there so Uh, With that, this is Lawyer Talk off the record on the air, at least until now.